Welcome to the Jeremy Till Podcast. Over the last 20 years, I've been in pursuit of finding a higher order, mind, body, and spirit. Being a gym owner for over the last 15 years, I've worked with hundreds of thousands of people, helping them with their mind, body, and spirit through nutrition and fitness. But mindset and the pursuit of that higher order has also brought me to a lot of people of influence that are in the same pursuit. What I'll be doing on this podcast is interviewing them, bringing their truth and testing them in your own home, in your own life to figure out how these can also benefit you. We're on this journey together. Let's do it. All right, guys, we are live here. We got the Mr. Spencer Nix out of Dallas, Texas. We couldn't be more excited about today's podcast. And uh, we got a trainer, coach, and I would almost say like a polymath uh, with multiple skills and techniques. It's been a pleasure to know Spencer for the last decade and uh, just getting to know him as a person. But as a professional, he's uh, world-class. So what's up, Spence? Jeremy, what, what an honor. We've come a long way from the uh, Chipotle uh, <laughs> on, in, in Austin or whatever that was uh, way back when. To, to what year was that? Uh, well, so what I'm referring to for those that are listening or watching is when we opened our gym, there was literally only a, a handful of um, CrossFit affiliates in the state of Texas. I consider Jeremy the the, the the grand poopa, I had to go pay my respects. Um, I went down to Buda, Texas to get the Dynamax medicine balls and I called you up and said, hey, I gotta, I gotta come meet you. So that would have been 2008, early 2008. Nice. So it's been, been a couple of years. Well, first question is that painting behind you, is that a original Pollock? You know, you wouldn't believe it, but my kids did this. We were, uh, this, this happened in quarantine. We just got a bunch of paint and they got uh, kitchen supplies and just threw the paint on there. So, man, so lim limited edition there. That's beautiful. Right on, man. Well, let's dive into this. So you've been in the game for quite a while, but what's unique about you is kind of your educational background and choosing the path of a CrossFit coach and where you're at. But I think you're very you know, from your higher education. Tell us about your background in education before you got into training. So before I was a gym owner, I'd been enthusiastic about strength conditioning, uh, but simultaneously as we opened the gym, I was getting a master's in neuroscience. Uh, it's basically psychological sciences that had more of a a slant towards the the biology of the brain but the gym and that uh were happening simultaneously and obviously like like most of us i got swept up in just how awesome it was to um run an affiliate but you fast forward to today and all that stuff is is creeping back in and i feel like uh, a lot of us what we did before we were gym owners um, this slowly like infiltrating its way back into what we do. And so, you know, I had this master's degree and, you know, I'm in school uh, as a doctoral candidate right now for, for psychology. And so I see these two worlds um, interacting in 
in ways that it's really hard to keep them separate. So for a while, I thought, man, that was a cool thing that I did. Uh, it's just this topic that I've been interested in. Um, but for the last couple of years, I, I've just been, I felt convicted that these two worlds that seemingly are separate need to somehow intermingle in a more realistic way that they actually play out for us as human beings. Like you don't really separate your behavioral health and your physical health. Like they're actually as intimate as you could possibly make two things. So yeah, did that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting because from a higher education standpoint and then moving to functional fitness and what you do on the black mats and the integration and how you see things unfolding over the last decade. But now I know with where we're at currently in the state of health and wellness, you have some vision and plans for how you want to integrate health with your physical training and coaching. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to happen tomorrow. And, and there's a reason that when I do a Google search, I can't find many of these places where you under one roof would have uh, the capacity to coach, let's call it mental health in addition to physical health, because it's, it's murky, right? There's a lot of stuff with um, behavioral health, cognitive health, however you want to describe that that isn't as tangible as physical health. You don't have to think about push-ups, right? You actually have to do push-ups. And I think there's something that we've all benefited from in the physical world of exercise where it's like, hey, you can't just talk about exercise. Like you actually have to do it. For this other realm, there is a lot of talking, right? There's a lot of unpacking. Um, there's a lot of journaling. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, behavioral therapy that that doesn't have the physical manifestations of training but yet it's just as important and i think that one could oftentimes precipitate the other so our our mission i think is to be capable of coaching more than just fitness when when i started with this it was how could i be the best instructor of exercise that i possibly could and then it developed in, okay, even if I was the best instructor of exercise, will that demand that somebody gets healthy? And the answer is no. And so it started to branch off into these other skill sets as a coach that I wanted to develop. And it's like, man, okay, nutrition, that's a, that's a big aspect of us being healthy. So I need to educate myself there. But it just got to a point where even if I was the best instructor of exercise and I could guide somebody as far as they wanted to go nutritionally, it still didn't demand that they would flourish as a human being. And I feel like this is the, this is the final frontier of development as a coach for me, which is something I, I just like. I just like learning and I like figuring out like the little skills that I can um, add on like a video game player. But I feel like in order to be healthy, back to CrossFit, back to the definition of health, you can't consider yourself fit if you're psychologically dysfunctional, right? That, that's incongruent. And so long story short, I, I, I don't know exactly how this will play out in structure and order. And that's something that we're still toying with. But I know that 
we're committed to not being an exercise instructor, but being like a coach of health. And that's a drastically different thing than what I started out to do, right? It really was just like, I want to coach a great class. And now it's, how could I be an, the word coach to me means less of, I'm an expert and you don't know anything. Listen to me, get low in the squat, hold it there. That's a component. But now I think it's more, how do I evoke this better version of someone in every single facet of their life? Um, so there's a lot that, that I think goes into that. Absolutely. So do you have any influences or people that you look to that kind of inspired this journey? Yeah, what a good question. You know, the hard part for me, Jeremy, is I have a, a ton of like subject matter experts that I think are just awesome in their own individual realms. But I haven't found, here's, here's a problem that I've found with the, the world of wellness and the world of um, cognitive therapy and, and some of this stuff. It's just, it's not very masculine. And I don't, I don't know a better way to say that, but it just, every time like I go to a website, I was like, this is an awesome website. <laughs> it just seems like, man, it's just not really my personality. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm this uh, uber masculine person but it just isn't really communicating the way that like I vibe with, like it, it wouldn't be congruent with the gym setting that we have. Right. So I do have a, a ton of um, influences and inspirations in, in the world of um, psychology. And I, I could, you know, rattle off names that people would be familiar with from Naval Ravinkant to Jordan Peterson, all the way back to Carl Jung and, you know, some of the classic uh, philosophers of Albert Camus and um, even Kierkegaard and all the way back to the Stoics of Marcus Aurelius and, and those guys, you know, so there's this, there's this huge pool to draw from individually in the world of physical fitness and, and mental fitness. But I think uh, I'm not going to invent anything. I'm just going to be like a great DJ that tries to remix things together. So as you start to venture post COVID and how you're designing your programs and I know y'all started to work with true coach and you're working and thinking about remote services. How, how are you seeing this going forward with your clients? So I think true coach is, I'm putting a lot of our uh, hopes and aspirations into this software because I, I love what it can do. I was talking with my wife the other day and, and true coach allows us to do really what I think coach Glassman had by design in his inception of CrossFit when he says the needs of our um, elderly citizens and our Olympic athletes differ by degree, not kind. That's such a beautiful sentiment, but to pull that off on the fly when people show up unannounced, when I have a 60 year old uh, pre-diabetic show up next to a 22 year old in the same class with the workout of the day, and I'm supposed to have the skill set to 
shoot from the hip and give each of them a workout that's appropriate for them based on what's the whiteboard, that's a tall order. And I'm good at that. Like if I had to tell you as far as like coaching, like what, what my skill set um, thrived with, it would be that right there. And even that, when I look back and I say, could I do that on the fly as good as I could if I was in front of a computer and I could premeditate that? The answer is an obvious no. So from the, the physical training standpoint, because True Coach is the software that was really designed for personal training. It, it initially, I, I don't know if it was developed with OPEX, but it was definitely, it's definitely in cahoots of those guys where they design an individual program that is a one of one. But through COVID, like you mentioned, we just realized that there's, there's a really powerful way to still have a workout of the day, but to give each person a premeditated version of that workout that would make a lot more sense for their goals. It would make a lot more sense for them to feel successful because I think we've all had that experience where we're, um, we're customizing on the fly in real time with people. And then we've come up with this version of the workout where 10 people finish at 10 minutes and you got that one person that took 15 minutes to finish. And what do we do? We all go like, come on, Cindy, you can do it. You know, it's CrossFit. You got it. When, when I see that, I was like, that's a fail. Wow. Now, every once in a while, every once in a while, we're doing a benchmark workout and that happens. Yeah. We're testing. Let's let them give it a good go so they just know what it feels like and they have something they can improve upon from that standpoint. But by and large, that's a terrible way to train. And that just means that they totally missed the boat on what the intended stimulus of that workout is. And so True Coach is uh, of the many things that we use it for. It's just a better way to give somebody exactly, if you had 10 minutes and it was just one person, the workout that they really should be doing for that day based on their goals, based on their limitations. So that's one aspect. But even though in True Coach, if you're not familiar with the software on the back end, you program something, you send it to them, and it says workout. But this is totally customizable. So you can put anything you want to in there. You and I have had some conversations about how you could uh, program nutrition through there. You could ask somebody, hey, Jeremy, give me two things you want to track. You could say, man, I want to make sure I drink uh, four Cokes a day and I only want to get uh, three hours of sleep. And I could go in there and I could say, tell me the number of Cokes that you drank. And it'll chart it. So that means that after a month, we could pull up an X and Y axis and we could look at the longitudinal amount of Coca-Cola that you had. And you could do that for virtually anything. So there's some... There's some power in there for these things that we previously talked about with nutrition, with tracking uh, metrics of mental health. Hey, on a scale of one to 10, how is your stress level today? Hey, uh, tell me the number of hours that you slept. Tell me how long you were at work. Tell me how much water you had. Like you could do anything. And if members of the gym hear this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to spoil all the secrets, but it's not that hard. Like it's not that hard. So I just think that true coach along with the group dynamic that we're all so good at is the next frontier 
Now, where people have mistaken this is they've said, well, it needs to be all group. We're all in the group. It's 100% there. Or people have turned their back on the group completely, and they've said it just is the individual. The individual is everything that you need. But it's a paradox. You can't have one. If you go to the individual, I've been to some places, and so have you, where it's just individual training, and it's stale. It's boring. There's, there's nothing that motivates you to go to that environment. Now, if you go to the group, it's entertaining, it's great energy, it's awesome. I think it's where we usually gravitate towards, but you're missing some of the individual touch points that keep people from being injured and it gets people results faster. So it's a paradox in the sense that like, we have to have them both. And I think for, for each of us, as we're developing as professional coaches, we just have to decide for our own facility and just our own vibe like what on the spectrum like what makes the most sense for us is it slanted more towards the individual i think that's kind of what we've decided like we're slanted more towards the individual but it doesn't mean that we're going to have a stale uh group experience like that's still going to be awesome but it's going to be a little bit more intentional with the time that we spend with people we're not going to waste their time anymore so time <laughs> so in brought, the brought to you by espresso <laughs> no, that's good. So, so, you know, now kind of stepping back and understanding your facility, I know you're um, in the process of moving into a new space. Tell us about Dallas Central and what is current for y'all and what the future is looking like. Yeah, so the, the powers that be tell me about two weeks will be in a, a new spot. And for the new spot, there's more emphasis on the office space that we have. So the, the first spot that my brother and I opened, it was a warehouse like most of us do. And it was, it was a 10 by 10 office, right? The whole thing was a warehouse. And it was pretty clear when you stepped in, it was like, you're here for one thing, one thing only, and that's to work out. And, you know, fast forward to today, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, I kind of mixed feelings about it. The, the quality of the facility in, in Dallas that's uh, expected is different than it was 12 years ago. So, you know, we have showers that I wouldn't be embarrassed to take a shower in. And we've kitted out the office space where, you know, for us, the, the first step that, that we do in an ongoing aspect of our business is to have these sit down consultations because if we're really committed to people not just exercising to get a cortisol dump, but to actually make them healthy and to make them self-sufficient, that requires a lot of conversations. And, and therefore, I think it requires a space that you can feel comfortable having that conversation. Um, as well, like since we are doing a lot of work on True Coach, our staff, uh, there's a focus on coaching face-to-face, -face, but a big aspect is just taking care of the member. And we've figured out through COVID that a lot of those touch points to take care of members can happen electronically they can happen a lot more efficiently than saying hey let's schedule an hour face-to-face -face. so we've designed a facility where a lot of that can happen in addition to the the face-to-face -face training that's going on so for our process we schedule a consultation um, we take them through an assessment so that happens on the office side as well what's uh, the square feet of your of your office space versus floor space in the new bottom the whole the whole building is 9600 the office is about 
3,000. So it's, it's almost double what it was at our previous spot. And more so than the square footage, it's just a better use of the space. Like it was, it was not really, it was kind of a makeshift um, office. Like for example, we never had a private consultation room. So if somebody was gonna, uh, you know, tell me their past trauma, they'd have to do it while there was music playing and <laughs> somebody 10 feet from me, uh, you know, doing thrusters. So it's, it's not, I don't want to paint it as this elaborate setup, but just some real basic things like a door to have a conversation if you needed to talk about something uh, that was confidential and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked to get there. It, it, there's definitely some phases to get it uh, complete. You know, phase one is like, man, let's just get in there. Phase two is, you know, let's go from an asphalt uh, driveway to to something that people twist their ankles on. But, you know, that'll take time. So did I answer your question? What is that what you were asking? Yeah, for sure. I think it sounds like you're really moving to professionalize your environment and to serve, you know, from an administrative side much better your customers as they start to work more remote. I think so, man. And, that, and that's another tangent, but I feel like we've been, we're unjustly put in this category of what we do as unprofessional. And that's because, I mean, let's use COVID as an example. You and I both talked about just the dilemma of, of having to close our businesses because we were being lumped together with Planet Fitness. And to the layman, we're exactly the same as them. And so I, I think a part of, of, if I could be honest, like I got a chip on my shoulder about that. I feel like what we do is, is not the same as somebody that's trying to uh, lock you into a 1999 contract at lifetime for the next five years. And, and I want to take steps that when somebody looks at our website and when somebody talks to us, they're like, this is not the same. And it's not being different just for the sake of being different. But as I think about this, I feel like there is a, there's an itch that I want to scratch personally. And if I want to scratch that, I got to believe that I, in, in the world of a billion people, I can find a couple of hundred folks that are tracking the same direction that I want. So yeah, the facility is set up to, to not forsake all the stuff that we love to do, which is physical in nature. And it is, if you walked in there and I couldn't explain anything to you, you would say, oh, this is a gym, right? <laughs> but our, our goal, I think, over the next several years is just to try to be more in the category of preventative medicine and health coaching and something that would be considered as essential as a doctor for your health versus something that whoever makes that decision uh, says a, a gym and exercise is non-essential. Yes. Yeah, so kind of pivoting here, um, I want to talk to you about competition and like your mindset around it, because I can very much recall, it was like the, it was like maybe the 2014 regionals, you were a competitor on your team and you, and it was at the year and uh, you were doing deadlifts and you dropped it, started yelling. And like you, like you're like like this beast of another person. Um, do you recall that event? Is that the one that was outside? 
No, I actually think it was in San Antonio. It was in San Antonio um, at the tall oh. center there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes. So from that standpoint, like you're a pretty like mild mannered guy and calm. And then there's like that side of you from a competition standpoint, like what does competition or competing or that mentality for you, what does that look like? <laughs> well, uh, you know, first of all, I've been through a lot of therapy to deal with the uh, anger, anger management issues that were probably uh, on display at that, that competition. But I'm, I, I've heard it said one time that for a lot of us that are in this industry, it's this bottomless pit of trying to be better and and compensating for something that uh we felt like was deficient at some point in time so if you go way back i feel like i didn't i wasn't a, a high school athlete that just had this excess capacity and you know just woke up and, and had muscles like there was there was a huge insecurity there and so i think um to to try to develop something that I was really insecure about turned into a passion. And then I think a part of competition is to show th there, there's, there's a good side and a bad side. The, the good side is to show yourself how well you can execute something. And it's like, how could you, how could you really tease out every aspect of training and nutrition and sleep and, and performance mindset and all those aspects. And then the other side is I want to destroy everyone. And it's not just this internal intrinsic uh, motivation, but it's this extrinsic um, this destruction, you know, rape and pillage the, <laughs> the competition. And I, I think uh, in my earlier days where I had come from a deficit physically to starting to enjoy the, the hard work that I had put into to exercise performance, initially my thought was I want to destroy everything in my path. And it was not just how could I perform better, but I want to perform well and I want others to perform poorly, if I could just be honest. And that, even as I say that, it's like, oh, that kind of sounds cool. But that's not, that's not a great way to, to operate uh, long term. And there, and there were some, not to go into great details, but like that, that anger that you mentioned, it, anecdotally, like I missed a snatch and I, I kicked a, I kicked a window out in the gym one time. That's a true story. I broke my foot. I had to get stitches in it. And it was at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm not sure if this is the best way to compete. You know, it was in front of a bunch of people. It was embarrassing. And then, and then even, uh, Wow. I just got time, an image of that. <laughs> there's, there's another time where, you know, something happened and I had these expectations. I didn't meet them. And I kicked, uh, I kicked a bottle in the gym. People that know me now aren't going to believe this, right? Because it's like drastically different than, than the way that I try to carry myself. But I cussed out loud. There was a kid right there 
my wife was right here and it was just it was another one of those moments where it's like this is i don't think this is like the the right way to be and i until having been there at that that place this probably isn't the the answer that you were you were expecting but i think going from there to now it's like how could i how could i be the exactly same from a motivational standpoint but make it less about like everybody else because I, I think at the end of the day, if I could just be honest, it was because I wanted everyone else's approval for how great of an athlete that I was. And, and one, it just got to a point where it's like, man, that's exhausting well, because I can't so, get there. So you <laughs> did try out for the um, Olympic bobsled team and you made cuts to get there. What, what was the, was that the same driver that made that move? You know, CrossFit has been so cool that um, if, if I could take a time machine and go back to the middle school version or the high school version and be like, hey, man, this is the stuff that you're going to be able to just pursue. You know, not, not being an Olympian. I'm not an Olympian, but it's like, hey, you're going to go out to Park City and you're going to sprint with these guys and you're going to be almost as fast as them. And I think CrossFit gave me that opportunity just because it's such a great base in order to like specialize in things. So one of the things that I have really liked and one of the things that I've always gravitated towards CrossFit is that it was designed to be cross training. You, when you and I got into it, there were not the games and you did CrossFit so you could go be a rock climber, you could be a surfer. I mean, the reason we wear board shorts is because the original trainers would go surf at Santa Cruz. And that just, that really stuck with me. So when the, you know, opportunity to compete in the games came up, yeah, I jumped on that just like a lot of us did. Um, I caught wind that there were open tryouts for, for bobsled, and this was several years ago. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, uh, let's see what we can do. And I had always had a propensity for some of the shorter workouts and some of the higher power stuff. So it was a good fit for me naturally. Um, and then as of late for the last three or, uh, well, four years now I've been doing jujitsu. So it's the same thing, just a different sport. How can I take CrossFit and this, uh, cross training way of GPP and then just apply it for the sport. So I think I'll, I'll probably do that from now until I die, just figure out things to train for that give me an excuse to have a goal. Cause I, I think um, I, can, I can overdo some of the competition with exercise when really I have to remind myself like, man, this is just a means for something else. Like have fun with Fran. But as soon as that, you know, as soon as you've, you've tapped, as soon as you've over-engineered that workout, like let's move on to something else. And I think sport and doing other things, whatever it is, is, is what we're supposed to do. So I, there's a few areas that I want to touch into is that I know you have a lot of experience from the level one CrossFit instructor course and being a lead in that. And I knew there was a journey while you were an owner of a box. Tell us a little bit about your experience there from an L1 and how you got into that as an instructor. So I was, you know, I was slightly, probably not slightly, probably like a couple, a couple of years, maybe three, uh, when I went through my level one, I didn't get to have Coach Glassman there, but Nicole Carroll was there, uh, Chris Spieler, Todd Whitman, um, Andy Stumpf, uh, 
Lisa Ray, there was this cadre of instructors that made it this amazing experience for me. And it was so impactful that almost immediately when I left, I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's something that I want to have a hand in. Maybe because I liked the, the job requirement that it was, but, but also just because it had a big impact on me. So uh, almost immediately after we affiliated, um, at that point in time, you could go to the level two, which is now, I guess, what the level four is called. And I went to Freddie Camacho's gym, CrossFit One World in California, and I just showed up. And this was, this was just a couple of months after we had affiliated. Now, in hindsight, I probably should have taken a little bit more time to coach. But I, I had been coaching uh, some prior to that, so I wasn't brand new to it. Um, but anyways, long story short, I went through the, the level two there. That was, that was a pretty great uh, crucible and, and experience. And then back in the day, you would, if you got approved from that standpoint, you would volunteer at seminars when they came uh, basically within driving distance. So being from Dallas, there was a lot at the time that came to GSX in Fort Worth. And uh, there was a bunch at the police uh, academy in Dallas. And so I would show up just volunteering and uh, do those. And then it became a full-time gig. And you fast forward to today, I'm still on seminar staff. It's been over a decade. I primarily coach the level twos just because I, I jive with that, uh, the coursework and how that, how that two day, um, certification is set up, but, but still do the level ones and the level twos. Nice. So this is a personal question, um, from my end, uh, you know, for the time being there, Dallas Central and CrossFit Central had a pretty good little rival going for our teams going to the CrossFit games. Kind of pulling that. Now that's been about seven, eight years ago. What was that like on y'all's end? Were y'all just like beat Central or like we're gonna or we're like ah we don't even think about those guys? How was it with that? Because I know y'all were always up there in the runnings getting y'all's team qualified for the CrossFit Games. I've always uh, held your your business and in, in, in those years where we were. Uh, so focused on the games in in high regard like I think we always I'm just trying to think of man there's so many years right where you guys had so many um, great athletes that, that were on teams from your sister to your wife to uh, what was Andy's last name oh yeah I'm gonna blank on it so, yes yeah, so, um, so I many. know Andy yo uh, but yeah you know that's a, that's a good question I I think um, you know, I'm going to say some names here, like when Chase Ingram was a part of the gym and, and Dean Zoo and uh, a lot of these guys. And, and also when like this was developing and it was on the scene, it was like, this is this is amazing. It's like we're we get to feel like professional athletes, but we're not professional athletes. Um, so as we were. When was it? I guess it was like 2010 to 2014 is when we had a. a team at the games those four years um, we were in deep so uh, to answer your question everything we could do to be as competitive as possible let's look at every team let's see everything that was happening like we were we were in deep and I have Chase to thank for that and uh, 
all the guys that were on the, the teams and, and helped out with that, like that was just, we just went down a deep rabbit hole with all that stuff. So to answer your question, man, we were always looking at what, what was going on down there at Austin. That was good because I know in, in 10, I think we got sixth at the games, our team did in 2011. Our team missed it by one spot. And that was the year I, I didn't think team was worthy of competing on because my ego was so big. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. 2012, we went to the games. I think we placed right behind y'all. And then 2013, we got fourth again, and we missed the games that year. Uh, and I believe y'all made it in. And then 14, uh, we went back to the games. Um, so it was, a, it was a solid run with you guys and competing and all that. So that's like back in the glory days. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. But <laughs> now, like, another question I have for you, like, you know, I get to talk to you pretty regularly and, and, and all that stuff. From the standpoint of, like, where your vision is for the future, where you stand, and kind of what inspires you in this industry to keep going. Hmm. You know, if anybody's listening to this, that is, that is a gym owner. I think we all look in the mirror and we say, man, is this, is this the thing that I should be doing? Uh, because you look back 12 years in the past and you think, man, I, you know, there's, there's some other career trajectories that I, I probably could have chosen like we all do. And you think about it a little bit longer and you strip away some of the specifics and you say, I'm in an industry that I really get to help people. And it's not a once a month office visit, but it's like, I get to be in contact with these people daily. And, and then there's also some aspects of, of owning a gym that I really like. I like being able to create. I like being able to problem solve. I like, doing my best to be a leader for other people. I like that I have three little girls, but I also have a bunch of other family members that are the, the coaches of the gym and like that mantle of responsibility. And so when I, when I ask all those questions, it's like, this is, this is what I do. I can't, I can't not do this. And if that's true, then I want to try to do it as well as I possibly can and look back and be really proud of the way that we innovated, the way that we potentially, if I could be so bold as to say, established like a, a new spin on how we can do some of the things that are so important to us and how can we incorporate more. So I see the next, <laughs> as long as I can work, like just, trying to trying to take this as far as I can to make this professional to make it something that um, is as legitimate as, as any other professional service that you would hire and I think that will keep me occupied and captivated for for a long time because this isn't something that we just started asking like these are questions that have been asked since the beginning of time what is it what does it mean to be a the best version of yourself? What does it mean to be physically and mentally healthy? So I'm just coming onto the scene of, of a conversation that's happened forever. But I think what I'm excited about is, yeah, but nobody's ever lived in the time that 
we've been living in and the technology and the circumstances. So, so what does that look like for us? So, man, I'm in this, you and I've had so many great conversations where it's just affirmed, like, this is, this is what I do. And so if that's true, man, let's do it to the best of our ability. That's awesome. Well, Spencer, that's the coming to the end here, man. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing yourself with us and give us some insights. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you do in the industry. Jeremy, I think very highly of you. Uh, thank you for letting me talk about myself for so long. Um, I, I hope that, I guess the point of these things are to just speak and hope that something you say helps somebody that maybe is on a, a similar journey. So, so thank you for the opportunity and um, I appreciate it. Absolutely, sir. We'll see you out there. Uh, well, <laughs> you're like, did I do good? <laughs>